Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Our eternal God, our only wise King, to you belong blessing, glory, honor, dominion, power. Forever and ever, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving us another day. Thank you for giving us breath, Lord, in our lungs. Thank you for giving us the health that we need to worship you, to glorify you. Father, apart from you, we can do nothing. But with you, we can do all things, Lord. So we thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Maker of all things. You are, you are. Giver of life. You are, you are. You call into existence things that are not even there. You call into existence things that are not even there. How great you are. How great you are. Maker of all things. How great you are, how great you are, wonder-working creator God, Adonai, Elohim, El Shaddai, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi. The great I am, Lord Jesus Christ, death cannot stand in your presence. 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 Lord of life, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord of life, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord of life, Lord Jesus Christ, death cannot stand in your presence, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. We praise you. We praise you. We lift our voices and we praise you. Hallelujah. 
Oh, we thank you, Lord. 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 We praise you, praise you, praise you. You are forever true. You are the truth. Hallelujah. And you are true to your word. Hallelujah. Every promise that you give us shall come to pass. And every promise that you've given to us, Lord, we have seen it unfold before our very own eyes. And we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I praise you, Father. I praise you, Father. I praise you, Father. I praise you, Father. You're the Lord of resurrection and life. Hallelujah. You're the Lord of resurrection and life. Hallelujah. You're the Lord of resurrection and life. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Praise belongs to the living God. All glory belongs to the almighty God. Praise you, Father. 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 Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We honor you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We honor you at this hour, hallelujah. We honor you at this hour, hallelujah. We give you our highest praise, O oh Lord. We praise you, Father. We thank you. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you. No demon can shut our mouths. Hallelujah. Oh, no sickness can shut our mouths. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for putting your song of praise in our mouths. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, that we shall praise you all the days of our lives. Hallelujah. Your praise shall continually be in our mouths hallelujah upon our lips hallelujah we thank you lord every breath we breathe we praise you oh for the breath that you've given us hallelujah we thank you lord Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And every bit of strength that you've given us, O oh Lord. Oh, we will use that to thank you for the strength that you've given us, O oh Lord. We praise you. We praise you for you. Shatter the powers of darkness. My God shatters the powers of darkness. My God, he shatters the powers of darkness. My God, he shatters the powers of darkness. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Death couldn't hold you. Grave couldn't hold you. Oh, we thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. For the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. All that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. You are higher than any sickness. You are higher than any disorder. You are higher than any problem. You are higher than any demon. Oh, we thank you. You are higher than any human. You are higher than anything in this world. Oh, Father, in the heavens, under the earth, upon the earth, there's nothing that is higher than our God Almighty. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, that you have given to us, O Lord, graciously given to us, O Father. Oh, that your name is upon our lips, O Father. Upon our bodies, O Lord. Oh, for you are the Savior of our bodies. Jesus is the Savior of our bodies. Jesus is the Savior of our soul. Jesus is the Savior of our spirit. And therefore, our soul, our bodies, our spirits magnifies the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Jesus, we praise you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 
Thank you, Lord. We give her all to you. Hallelujah. We give her all to you, Jesus. We give her all to you, Jesus. We give her all to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, praise you, praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <coughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Oh, Lord God Almighty. You hold me in your special way. You mold me for on your clay. Your plan is where I want to stay. Your plan is to love thee. For me to understand, I'm just a clay, your clay. With all my heart I say, according to your plan, O oh Lord, mold me. With your tender love, O oh Lord, hold me. To you I pray, my pardon, I am your clay, O oh Lord God Almighty. Oh Lord God Almighty, hallelujah. Oh Lord God Almighty, hallelujah. Oh Lord God Almighty, hallelujah. Oh, what love with which you take us. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You picked us up. and You held us with your loving, gentle hands. Hallelujah. And you decided something glorious for our lives in this world and in the world to come. According to your plan, O oh Lord, mold me with your tender love, O oh Lord, hold me. To you I pray, my potter, I am your clay. O oh Lord God Almighty, Lord God Almighty, tell the Lord this our Lord, take hold of my spirit, soul, body and mind. In this new year, Lord, you do whatever you please. In my life, Lord, that my life, my activities, my talk, my imagination, my walk, my conversation, my transactions, my going out, am I coming in? What I let into my body, who I let into my heart, into my house, what I bring into my home, what I give out of my home. What I let into my spirit, into my eyes, into the gates of my body. Let it all be dominated by the living God. That my words may never be vain, may never be profane, may never grieve the Holy Spirit. May my words be edifying, God-glorifying, God-honoring. Oh, Father, all through this year, tell the Lord, Lord, you mold me this year. You mold me 
Let not a single second of my day be wasted in unfruitful things. Every second of the day, let it go towards eternity. Let it be fruitful. Oh, Father, I'm going to sing this song one more time as the Holy Spirit wants me to. I want you to meditate on the words of the song and make this your prayer to God for this new year. That the Lord may mold you, order your steps, that His plan for your life be fulfilled in this year. Whatever God has for you for this year, that should be accomplished. There should be no deviation in that plan of God. You tell the Lord, Lord, you take me, you mold me. This is what I want. Lord, you do whatever you want to do. And I give it all to you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are the potter. I am the clay. You are the potter. I am the clay. Fashioned by your hand. According to your plan. You hold me in your loving hand. Fashioned by your hand. According to your plan, you hold me in your loving hand. O Lord God Almighty, you hold me in your special way. You mold me for I'm your clay. Your hand is where I want to stay. Your plan is too lofty. For me to understand, I'm just a clay or clay. With all my heart I pray, according to your hand, O Lord, mold me. With your tender love, O Lord, hold me. To you I pray, my potter, I am your clay. Lord God Almighty, you are the potter, my potter, I am your clay. You are the potter, my potter, I am your clay. You are the potter, my potter, I am your clay. You are the potter, my potter, I am your clay. You are the potter, my potter, I am your clay. O Lord God Almighty. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for your presence that is here. You are high and lifted up as our King and our God. And at the same time, you are a Father in Heaven. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for who you are. 
I thank you for what you've done for us. I thank you, Lord, for being our fortress, our strong tower, our very present help in times of trouble, the one who answers us when we call. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Even before we can call you, you answer us, oh, Lord. So great is your love. So great are your mercies, Father. We owe you our lives and we owe you our everything. Lord, we thank you for choosing us before the foundation of the world to be yours and yours alone for something far greater, for something far glorious. Oh Lord, we just give ourselves over to you this new year, Lord, I pray. May our lives be fashioned by your loving hands, that our lives, O Lord, may become a reflection of Jesus Christ, that we may not aimlessly walk around in this world, but we may have the purpose of God, and that we may fulfill that purpose that you have for us in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. We thank you, Father. I pray that you will visit us, Lord, in a special way, I ask you, Lord, that the living waters that comes from the throne of God may fall upon us at this hour. Strengthen us, Lord. We all, we all need you, Jesus. We all need a fresh touch from you, Lord. We all need your strength, Father. We all need your abundance, O oh Lord. We all need your overflow, my Savior. We all need you. We need you. We need you at this hour. Oh, Lord God Almighty. Oh, Lord God Almighty. Oh, Lord God Almighty. Oh, Lord God Almighty. Visit us in a special way. Visit us in a special way, for we are your people. And you are our Father. We thank you, Lord. Speak to us, Lord, I pray. Give us your fresh word from heaven. O bread of life, fill us to the overflowing, O Lord. Fill us to the overflowing, O Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Fill us to the overflowing, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Fill us to the overflowing, O Father. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <coughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Continue to cover us with your precious blood. Thank you for the word that you just gave. And I pray, Lord, that you will immerse this word that you have just released from heaven in the oil of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that you will set it on fire and you will release it upon us this night. Saturate us, O Lord, with your fire that we may be ignited all the more for you, Jesus, to set others on fire. So I pray that you set your people on fire first. Let there be a deeper personal cleansing, a deeper personal revival 
a deeper personal working of the Holy Spirit, a deeper consecration, a deeper separation, a deeper reverence for God, a deeper walk with the living God, so that your people may be formed by the Almighty God, so that they can do great and mighty things of Father. Make each and every single person a fire starter for you, Father, that they may have the true revival fire burn in them, Lord, that they may start a fire wherever they go, to whomever they would talk, that it may not be a long, drawn-out, hours on hours upon hours of conversation, Lord, with little to no progress, but they may set people's heart on fire in the first conversation that some people may have an encounter with Jesus. That's how the anointing of God works and that's how you have ministered when you were on the face of the earth. That's how the apostles ministered. So I pray you'll turn our church, Lord, into a church that would walk in the holiness of God, that would walk in the reverence of God. That they may not waste even a single second, that they may be people of purpose, God's purpose, fulfilling God's purpose for their lives. That their lives, O oh Lord, may have the true meaning. That they may have true satisfaction. That they may have the working of the Holy Spirit taking place at a deeper level. And I thank you, Lord, for doing this. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you all for praying for me. Praying for... Elizabeth, and praying for Joseph. Praise be to God. God has heard each one of your prayers. And God has been working in each one of us. Last night, um, probably around 9 o'clock or so, the Lord spoke to me. He told me, when you wake up, your fever will not be there. Your fever will be gone when you wake up. So I asked the Lord, so morning, morning Lord. The Lord said, when you wake up. I understood what the Lord said. That means whenever I go to sleep, after I sleep and when I wake up, I will not have fever. So throughout yesterday, I had 102. And throughout the night, I had 102, 201. But just as the Lord said, after the morning call was over, after I closed my eyes, and when I woke up um, sometime in the afternoon, um, early afternoon, after maybe like 1, one thirty, I'm not sure, some, sometime around that time, um, the first thing I did was I prayed. Um, throughout the time when I was sleeping, actually... <clears throat> God spoke to me much, uh, revealed much um, things, and I was in prayer pretty much. Um, and then when I got up, I was um, spending some time with the Lord, and then the first thing I did was I took the thermometer to check, and my temperature was normal by the grace of God, because I knew the Lord said, and I was looking forward to giving glory to God and without the 
thermometer itself, I would, I'll know, but that's for testimony purposes. And all through the, through this day, I was checking before I can share any testimony and tell the people, before you share testimony, said, you need to have a valid, valid, substantial, um, backing for your testimony credibility. So, um, <clears throat> that's why we encourage people, you know, when you give testimonies, have your lab report or check yourself and make sure, uh, before you give testimony that you know you're fully healed and God has. And that's when it becomes a valid testimony. And, um, so, uh, praise be to God, um, for what the Lord has done. God is very faithful. Like I said, um, no fever at all. Um, since I got up until this point, and I don't expect that to come back because God's word remains true. We praise God and thank you for praying. Thank each one of you for praying. I know you've all been praying and God heard that and God answered that. So we praise God. <clears throat> I have the tiredness and the exhaustion um, in my body, but um, nothing like what I had during the past couple of days. Um, few days, three days or so, I believe, and um, God has been um, really good. By the grace of God, <clears throat> the body pain is um, reduced, um, the headache is uh, much better, 90% uh, better, um, the headache, body pain is probably 60% gone, um, everything is much, much better. Um, God willing by, I mean, you can hear the difference in my voice, um, from day before yesterday to yesterday, how bad it was, and, um, today the difference, um, the difference is mostly, um, after the afternoon it happened. So, praise God, um, for God's hand of healing, and, um, Elizabeth is also, um, <clears throat> much better by God's grace. Um, Joseph is, recovering by the grace of God. Um, he was also having fever through the night. Um, God is faithful. God gave us much grace um, to take care of um, everyone. And praise be to God. Um, we were able to um, pray last night together um, for some time as a family, as um, Esther went to sleep, and within three to three and a half hours she woke up um, because God revealed to her some uh, important things, deeper things, um, <clears throat> about what's going on. And she prayed for some time, and then she came straight to us. So we went to her room, and uh, all the children came there except for Samuel, and we had some time. Um, actually, no, uh, I was there with her, Daniel, and um, um, Elizabeth. Joseph, Pastor Padeep, and Samuel were in our room. And I was in Esther's room with Daniel and Elizabeth and Esther. And through the phone, we prayed for a while um, <clears throat> against all the things that the Lord revealed. And and also at the same time, God had shown things to Daniel as well concerning the church. And uh, <clears throat> so both were going hand in hand, what the Lord revealed about what's going on in our family. And then with for Daniel, what's going on in our church. So we um, took some time uh, in prayer, and also today 
Uh, right before the fasting prayer began, Pastor Deep and I spent um, a considerable amount of time in prayer also, um, <clears throat> praying for um, the things that God had revealed, because God, um, like I said, during my sleep, God spoke to me much. So we praise God for um, God's faithfulness, um, that it's because of His love and because of His um, constant involvement in our church um, because we belong to Him. He reveals all the plans of the enemy <clears throat> and um, He um, moves us forward to bring those uh, wicked schemes of the enemy down. So we thank God for all that the Lord has done and um, again thank you all for praying. Um, for us, praying for one another, it's important. Uh, God hears our prayers, and as a result of that, He moves. So, so we praise God. We give God all the glory, honor, and praise. I'm going to go into the chapter that <coughs> God just gave to me. So I'm just going to pull the chapter. Just bear with me. It's a very known story, but God wants to speak from there, so we're going to go to um, Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, I'm not going to turn the camera on today, tomorrow God willing, Luke chapter 5, and We're going to read from verse, just scrolling one second, verse 18, 17. Yeah, we'll read from verse 17 onwards. <coughs> so I'm going to thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to read from verse 17 onwards. Luke chapter 5, from verse 17 onwards. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> Speak, Lord, I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I'm going to read from verse 17 onwards. Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. 
did. Behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they all glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Praise be to God. We've seen strange things today. Why did they say that? Let's go to verse 17. We see something very important here. That which was absent was present there. I want to repeat again. That which was absent amongst them was present there. What was present there? The power of the Lord was present there. For what? To heal. I'm going to emphasize this again. The power of the Lord was present there to heal them. Now, God releases His power. We've seen this before. The power of God equals the authority of God equals the anointing of God. Now, when the power of God is present, the power of God functions in unique ways, in different ways. The power of God can come to destroy the works of darkness. The power of God can come to build. The power of God can come destroy and build. The power of God can do all kinds of things. There's a reason why the scripture highlights here something like this in a very prominent manner. If Jesus is there, if Jesus is there, then healing will take place. Why should God have this sentence there? This sentence is a very distinct, unique sentence placed by the Holy Spirit within the pages of His Holy Scriptures for us to understand that God functions in very different ways. That the anointing of God, certain times, certain places will be present to perform certain things. Sometimes He'll do a particular thing. That's why a lot of times when you see in our church, each service is very different. The services are not the same. We can't just come today expecting it'll be like last week. No. Every week it's different because the Spirit of God comes and does unique things, different things at different times. And so if the power of the Lord is present to heal, that means healings will take place in a substantial way. So if the power of the Lord is not present there to heal, then the healings won't take place. 
So I want to give this um, illustration here, which is from the scriptures, where the power of God that needs to be active or to be present there, we have to understand, depends on, depends heavily on the faith of the people. Understand this. If the power of God needs to be present, it cannot function where unbelief is there. That's why when Jesus went to his hometown, he was not able to do many miracles. And a scripture also says that he was not able to do anything, any miracle at all, except a couple of people there. What happened to the power of God? The power of God was withdrawn from that place. Jesus was there, but the power of God was withdrawn from that place. Jesus was not able to do any miracles. That's what the Bible says. So Jesus was there. But the power of God that was working within Jesus Christ was withdrawn, not from Jesus Christ. Understand, it was withdrawn from the place. It was not present in the place. Although it was within the Lord Jesus Christ, it was not released, unable to be released because of unbelief. Many times I've <coughs> come to our church and uh, when we start worship, there'll be a lot of hindrances that we'll see in the spirit. Even Esther said a few weeks ago, such hindrance, mommy, such resistance. God has to break that before that worship can go deeper. If that hindrance and the resistance in the spirit realm will be there because of whatever people are bringing in, bitterness, ungratefulness, and um, murmuring and complaining and coming with unbelief and whatever it is, it creates an atmosphere of resistance where the Spirit of God cannot work. Even though the servant of God can come with full anointing there. But you know what? Nothing will happen at that point. So we have to understand our involvement in receiving what God has for us is crucial when it comes to healing crucial when it comes to receiving any type of release that God will give to us where the anointing of God is present see that's the most important thing we can all sit with faith but if we don't have the servant of God who carries the anointing of God they can we can sit and pray all night we can rally the whole world but we can see death after death after death after death after death nothing happening so the anointing is very important, but the anointing can be there, but then you have a whole bunch of people with unbelief. It nullifies everything. That servant of God can be elsewhere among people who are full of faith where many people can get healed and delivered. That's why a lot of times you can see the amount of miracles that can happen in India or Africa or or Iran you know, or Sudan, different parts of the world where blind eyes open, deaf ears open, people, the same anointed servant of God, they'll go there. One place you'll see so many miracles happening, but then they'll come to their hometown. Little to nothing. Just like with Jesus, because of unbelief, questioning, doubting. But in this place, the atmosphere was right. The atmosphere was so ripe. The power of the Lord was present to heal all those who are sitting with faith. Very important, we have to understand that. <coughs> they were all sitting with faith. 
Understand this. True faith will not have arrogance. True faith will not be demanding. True faith will not say, well, I have faith and I must get healed because I'm eligible for healing because it's, it's me who is a big official or, you know, I'm a big shot and that's not true faith because understand this. Because faith is from God, faith Real faith, the genuine faith, will carry the humility that comes from God. Because it is from God, you see? It carries the nature of God. Anything that comes from God is pure. Anything that comes from God is not defiled. So the faith, how do you know that the person carrying has the faith that is given by God? And it's not something fake, it's not something that is not of God. It'll be void of pride. It'll be full of humility. It'll have the brokenness. I need it. Oh God, I believe you can do it. Please do it for me. I need it, Lord. I'm broken. I need it. Lord, heal me. I know you can heal me. It's like the leper, that one leper who came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. What's he saying? I know you can make me clean. If you'll just will, Lord. If you'll just will. If you just say yes. I know you can make me clean. So that faith, you see, is a God-inspired faith that carries the humility of God. There's no arrogance and pride in God Almighty. There shouldn't be any arrogance and pride in people who are looking for healing, in people who are expecting God to work. Now, the situation is ripe. The atmosphere is full of faith and the power of the Lord is present there to heal. That's how it has to be when we come to church. That's why preparing ourselves before going to the house of God is very important. Because when we prepare ourselves and come to the presence of God, we get that place ready. When the servant of God who carries the anointing of God comes, that makes the work of God much easier where the anointing of God would just flow from the pulpit to the people to do signs and wonders because of the, not just the lack of resistance, because the environment is really full of faith, full of humility. And it just pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, it's possible to please God. So faith is very important. Understand that. Faith, true faith, We'll have humility. Genuine faith will show itself in action. We know that. Genuine faith equals obedience. We know that. Because if we don't have faith, then we're not going to obey. If we have faith, real faith will obey. Because real faith believes in what it's being told and it will do. And it'll show itself in action. Genuine faith will carry humility because genuine faith comes from God and it will not have pride. We need to have that um, instilled in us in, in a solid manner. And now we go to verse 18. Now, people are there. The power of the Lord is there. Jesus who carries the power of the Lord is there. At that time, what happens in verse 18? Then behold, men brought on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. Now, people are bringing a man, and it's an unusual type of coming to Jesus, 
where a man is carried, say on a stretcher, on a cot. He's placed on his bed, and whichever bed he was, they carried him along with his bed or cot to where Jesus was. His condition was so severe that a human being couldn't just simply bring him. But they had to, more than one person had to be involved, that they had to carry him, carry his cot and bring him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Now, God has spoken to us from this very same chapter many, many times during the last several years. But each time God speaks, He always speaks very differently. And that's what God is doing right now. The people gathered there were full of faith. The Lord who does the healing, the power of the Lord is present there in Jesus Christ to heal because the condition is very fertile there. The atmosphere is full of faith. And then we also see a bunch of people who are full of faith. Because they had faith, they said, no matter what, we're going to carry him. No matter how difficult this may be, we will take him to the presence of God. We will take him to where Jesus is. And they said, we're going. We're going. We're going. And so they carried this man. And they brought him. And their intention was to lay this man before Jesus the way he was. But their plan didn't work out, so to speak, where they brought him and to their shock, there was no room. There's no room there. People are everywhere. Nobody is going to move and give way. Nobody, because everybody there needs healing. So each and every single person is full of faith looking for their turn where Jesus can heal them. Nobody is going to move. And these people knew that. Nobody is going to move. What are we going to do now? How are we going to get him in? Our goal is to place him, lay him before Jesus. This is what they wanted. They had a goal. Their goal was to lay him before Jesus. There are specific words God is highlighting. Just focus on that. They had a goal. First is, they had faith. Second is, they had a goal. Faith for what? You can have faith. What do you have faith for? It's important. You need to have a goal. We have faith. Faith for something. That goal has to be an unwavering goal with an unwavering faith. Very important. Only those people will meet their goals or have their goals met by God Almighty. So, when they saw that, that there's a hindrance to meeting their goal, there's a hindrance to 
getting this man before Jesus, because that was a plan. We're going to lay him before Jesus. He's a healer. This is what we can do. And we know he will get healed at that point. But now, what they thought was not happening. We brought him all the way here to the door, but the house is too full, and we cannot take him in, and nobody is going to give way. <coughs> so, what did they do? They said, we have to do something in order to meet that goal. You have to understand, they didn't change their goal. They didn't change their goal. Many believers are like this. Like what? When they see that what they're praying for is not working out, they change their goal. They're saying, okay, this is not going to happen, so let me modify this. What are they trying to say? They're trying to say that God cannot do this, so I'm trying to settle for something less than what I originally planned for. At that point, your faith has wavered clearly. We have to understand. Anytime you change your goal, unless God specifically says, your goal is not of me, changing your goal because of a hindrance will clearly show that it's lack of faith, that your faith has wavered, and as a result of that, your goal has changed. So, these people did not change their focus, did not change their goal. Their goal was still to bring this man before Jesus, lay him before Jesus. Whatever you're seeking God for in this 2022, the Holy Spirit says, do not waver in your goal. Whatever you're going after Jesus for, go after it with everything that is within you, with full faith, unwavering faith, before God Almighty, who wants to bless you with whatever you're seeking God for, with an unwavering goal. Don't waver in the presence of God. After praying for a month after praying for two months. Well, at least I got this. Thank God, at least I got this. Okay, I'm fine with this and I'm going to move on. At that point, you've missed your blessing already. We have to understand, Ishmael is not God's plan. Isaac was. We have to be people of faith. We can have faith to bring about the presence of God and the power of God to heal us. But we need to persevere. The power of God can be present, but if we don't persevere, then the power of God that's present to heal is not going to heal us. See, the power of God was present to heal. And God knows how much these people had faith. Then the man was brought to the entrance of the door. The power of God is present there to heal. Well, the power of God that's present there to heal can heal the man who was by the door. It can. But the men and the men, they need to have, they need to have to make contact with the power of God. That means, until they really come contact with the power of God that's present to heal, that means, to what extent that faith will reach the power of God that is present to heal is important. You can push a little and push a little and after they say, well, I'm tired, I don't think it's gonna happen, let me run to 10 different doctors, let me go see 20 different people and let me just see you know many people are like that we've seen that 
And as a result of that, things change. Unwavering faith is important. There's nothing wrong with going to the doctors. But we need to be led by the Spirit of God. And whatever we need, we need to go. So that it's for the glory of God. Either you're going there to be a witness, or you're going there to, to be a witness to a doctor, or you're going there to be a witness to the doctor and to the people of what God has done. Or to share about Jesus to that doctor or to the nurse. So there should be a purpose why God is taking you there. It's never going to be like you're a patient, the poor pathetic patient at the mercy of a human being. There, you're a child of God. Don't know what to do when you're just there at the mercy of another human being. That's not the life of a believer. Anytime God takes us anywhere, it's with a definite purpose and it is to glorify God Almighty. Praise be to God. God is very faithful. Whatever the Lord does then, uh, whatever reason He allows anything to happen in our lives is very specific, with a very specific purpose. Very specific purpose. For God to accomplish what He wants to accomplish in our lives. So now, the goal that these people had was still in front of them, even in the midst of opposition. Most people would have given up at that point. They would have said, they would have just stood there and cried. And the man who was laying on the bed, he could have cried. All of them would have cried and just said, Oh, I'm so sorry you had to bring me all this way and and uh, nobody's going to let me in and I'm not going to get healed and everybody's going to look at me. What an embarrassing situation it is. <coughs> and some, they could have even thought, wish we could have just made it a little earlier that we could have gotten a better seat in the front and and now there's no room here and my chance is over maybe next time next time when Jesus comes we'll find out and we'll come early you know how many people are like that well that's fine next time next time you know a lot of times for people they think the anointing of God and the servants of God at are at their disposal no it's not a big thing that somebody is calling to get prayed for. No, it's the other way around. It's a big thing if God moves a servant of God to pray for somebody. It's not the other way around. We have to know that we persevere. If we value it, we get blessed. If we don't value it, we don't get blessed. If we value it at that point, thank God we've gotten enough sense to believe in God Almighty to make that move to reach out. We cannot be given an award for that. No. No. As the Lord had me share with you a few days ago, whatever we do for in seeking God, we're doing it for our own soul. We're calling to get healing. It's for me. I'm the one who is in need. If I'm seeking God, it's for me. If I'm forsaking everything to follow Jesus, it's still for me. If I lay down my life for Christ, it is still for me. Because God is not gaining anything by that. He's giving me an opportunity to lay down my life for Him. He's the Lord God Almighty, who is worthy of everything. He has laid down His life for me. Whatever we do in this world for the sake of Christ, even though we call it for the sake of Christ, 
It cannot come close to anything that we can sacrifice. And whatever we are doing, ultimately, we are doing it for ourselves. Because He is giving us the privilege to do it. It's the mercy of God. It's the grace of God. So these people, when they wanted this so desperately, and they saw the crowd that is there, the that many people with faith, they are sitting there. And the room is all packed because they all wanted to be healed. What a beautiful thing to see. People of faith and people who know more wanting their diseases. Very different, you see. The day and age we live is, not only demons are sitting in people's bodies, people are holding the demons with them. You have to plead with a drug addict to go to a meeting. You have to plead with somebody to go to a rehab center. Because it's not the drugs holding them, they're holding the demon called drugs. You have to plead with somebody. It's not like, okay, I don't want it, I don't, don't want this. There's so many people with anxiety, depression, mental illness walking around will not get into the house of God to get prayed. Will not come regularly to the house of God to stay free. That's how much affinity they have with the demonic spirits. Not only are they bound, they want to stay bound. How sick that is. We live in a very sick society. They are proud of being divorced. They are proud of living an immoral life. They are proud of living together in filth. They are proud of doing unclean things. They are proud of their foul mouth. It's so sick. What used to be sickening, where people won't want to hear, it's upside down now. What was looked at as stigma before, where people will want prayer so they can be set free, but they've given so much room for the enemy, Satan has gained so much ground in this nation and in many parts of the nation, that the territory of demons, Satan, has enlarged itself everywhere. Because the church at large was sleeping, the people of God, they themselves were sleeping. Instead of the church going into the world and changing them, they left, let the world come inside. And so it's dead church all over. Very sad. And so, there's no life. There's no life anywhere. People are miserable, yet comfortable with their sickness. Hospitals are full and overflowing when churches are empty. How sad. Because the real power of God is not present anywhere. Number one, because the real anointing is not there. And number two, faith is not there. Everything has changed. Satan is all over, actively going up and down the nation and the world. Because his time is short. Jesus is coming soon. These people had so much faith and they did not want to keep their sickness. A lot of people love to keep problems so demonic. They find their identity, self-pity, in keeping their bitterness, keeping the anger, the body becomes a habitation of angry spirit, bitter spirit, 
unclean spirits. Their health is going down. They're on a whole bunch of psychiatric pills. All kinds of things. Yet, full of pride, they'll not come to the house of God. People will invite them. They'll say, I'll see if I can come. Very sickening, isn't it? Full of chains, in prison. They still feel like they have control when Satan is taking them into a deeper prison day by day. They don't want to be set free. You know, many people are in hell today crying, not able to come out. You know why they are in hell? Because they chose to go to hell. Not because God sent them to. They chose to go to hell. They chose not to take the freedom that Christ offered through His cross. That's why. That's why. But look at these people. They were all in the house where Jesus was. And the power of God was present there to heal within the body of Jesus Christ. When this group of people who carried this man who was paralyzed, he was not able to be taken in. Because of the crowd that was already there, they decided something. They said, we're not changing the goal. We're not saying we'll go home. We'll come another day. But they said, no, 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 no. Today, our goal is to see this man healed today. Our goal is to place this man before Jesus today. How many times have you changed your goal? How many times you said, oh, it's okay. Next week, we'll see. Next month, we'll see. Tomorrow, we'll see. God is speaking to your heart today. If you have faith, your goal will not be altered. You will become a person who will break every barrier that Satan will bring before you. You will become a barrier breaker just like God Almighty. By putting your faith in Him because the breaker goes before you. And if you are in Him, through Him you can break every barrier to achieve that goal you need to achieve knowing that is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. These people knew that this is God's will for this man. Jesus will heal today. So they didn't move that goal. You know what they did? They beat that hindrance. That's what they did. They didn't change their goal. They overcame that hindrance. What was that hindrance? The hindrance was not today. The hindrance was, it's not possible. The hindrance was, you cannot place this man before Jesus. Your goal is not going to be met today. The hindrance was, he's not going to get healed. The hindrance was, so many people are there, how long it's going to take, and this man is so sick, and what's going to happen to him? All these were hindrances. But they said, we are not going to let this hindrance change our goal. We're going to beat this hindrance down and we are going to meet this goal that we have in front of us because we know it is God's will. So what did they do? They went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Goal was met. Goal was met. You know, this 
beautiful act of theirs is written in one sentence, one verse here. It's not as easy as we just read. Whatever they should have done, whatever they would have done there, to get that happened, wherever they would have gone, scrambled to get, scrambled to get the ropes for him. How to make their way up and how to remove the tiles without disturbing, without dropping anything on anybody's head down there. I don't know how many people there saw and said, you better not do that. And how they would have thought that, what if Jesus would have said, what in the world are you doing? It's so dangerous. Look at the people here, look at the babies here, look at all these people here. You need to be careful, you can't do like this. They could have thought all those things, all those things Satan could have brought to them. Even though Jesus wouldn't have said that. But the enemy is a liar, you see. He'll always bring all kinds of thoughts to prevent you from getting what God has for you. That's why you need to beat that hindrance down. By placing your faith upon Jesus and your eyes just fixed on your goal. Because it's God's will. Once you know it's God's will, there is no wavering. There should be no wavering. So, they overcame the obstacle. They had to push further. Yes, the power of God is present to heal, but did I make use of it? Did the power of God come in contact with me? Very important. Until the power of God comes in contact with me, until I know it has touched my body, the fact is I am not healed. I'm still expecting the healing. Yes, the promise is there. But have I made contact with the promise of God? Did the power of God touch me? If it touched me, then I'm going to hold on to it. Like the lepers. Who were told that it's done. By one statement, Jesus said, Go and show yourselves to the priest. That's it. They still had leprosy. And they went back, went towards, I should say, to the temple. As they all had faith in what Jesus said, they didn't go back to their leper colony. They went towards the temple to show the priest that they are healed while they were still lepers. On the way, we don't know which part of the journey, suddenly the manifestation of the healing was manifested in the body for the healing that they already received. Now this is similar to the types of healing that the Lord had me talk about, Kalil's healing, the other day. How his vision came on the next day. We can actually dissect the, all kinds of healings that has happened in our church to take it and show it during Bible times how it happened. Even Heidi's too, with her ring. How God did that for Jenny, it was an instant healing. For Heidi, she received the healing and suddenly, after a few weeks, it happened. But she believed it. She said, God did it. It came from the pulpit. It's for me. I took it. God did it. God has done it. And so, for healing such as, it takes such as those. At the time frame, we don't know, which is, the time that they met Jesus and the time that they started walking towards 
towards the temple. Then suddenly it happened. Now those of you who might have received the healings, many of you have testified about instant healings, which we know if you're not able to do what you were, if you're able to do what you were not able to do before, you know that. Instantly you know you had tremendous back pain and all of a sudden that back pain is gone like Jody's. She was not able to kneel. And then after that service, she was able to kneel. You know, every time she prayed. So there are many, many things that God has done. Instantaneously, we know. But there are specific other things like Naaman's. Seven times you have to immerse. Until the seventh time was over, he was still a leper. But when the word was given through Elisha the prophet, the healing already came. But the healing, the manifestation of the healing, solely rested on Naaman's obedience and faith. So if he would have gone home without doing it, he would have remained a leper. Does it mean that the anointing was not released? No, it was. But the condition had to be met in order for the manifestation to take place. So when it comes to healing, there are different types and different ways in which the Spirit of God will work. And our cooperation and our participation and our faith and our expression of faith plays a major role in it. So with this man, a lot of opposition might have happened. You know, Satan, between the time of the lepers getting the word from Jesus and showing themselves to the priests, all kinds of thoughts could have came in their minds. What if I go there and the priest yells at me, you're not supposed to be here, you're unclean. Why do you come to the temple? Why do you come here? You're not supposed to be with the rest of the people. Well, that's unbelief. Those thoughts could have come to them from the devil to make them lose the healing. But they did not give in to that. All these things are not written in the Bible in detail. Otherwise, we won't have any... any uh, uh, Bible that we can carry. It'll be bigger than the size of the world. That's how much Jesus taught and that's how much Jesus healed and there's so many things in between healings and all those things could have happened which are not recorded there. But with the work of the Holy Spirit, God teaches us all the behind the scenes stuff. How the enemy attacks and crucial scriptures that are placed in the Bible but we know that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But with principalities and wicked powers and high places, rulers, that are the dark spiritual heavenly realms, they're constantly fighting against what God wants to do. Whether it's a physical hindrance or a mental hindrance, emotional hindrance, whatever the hindrance is, or, or like in Job's case, Satan spoke through his wife who came and said, why don't you just curse God and die, Job? Job didn't give in to that. So Satan can use anything to discourage you, anything to drag you down, anything to stop you from inheriting what God has for you. It is so important for you not to give in to that, but to press in. Press in. Press in to the presence of God. Present to present yourself before Jesus Christ. In this case, they were going to present this man to Jesus. And that was their goal. So, 
if you are praying for your loved ones, if you're praying for your friends, if you're praying for your family, if you're praying for yourself, don't give up. Don't go by what you see. Don't look at all the impossible things that are around you and say that, well, it's over. Until God says it's over, it's not over. And well, God has not said it's over because He is victorious. We are going to Him in faith. It's not over. It will not be over because He will give you the victory. Trust in Him with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. That means even if you turn a little bit and your line is going out of the line of God, God will put you right back on His line. If you consult Him for everything. So these people saw, there's no way, we're still going to make it. They had faith. In spite of all of this, they will be able to place this man before Jesus. So it's not only effort, it's the effort that came from faith. So the whole thing is based on faith, understand this. The effort came from the deep faith they had. Not only the faith that they had in Jesus, that Jesus will hear, but the faith that they had that with God's help we will bring this man before Jesus. See, they can have faith that Jesus heals, but if they don't have faith in what they're doing, they'll cry and go home. We know Jesus can heal, but we were not able to take this man to Jesus. What a failure we are. And we could have taken and sorry, say sorry to this man. And this man would have cried, oh, don't say sorry to me. I'm such a burden to you. And all these things would have happened this way. But it didn't happen in this story. Now, why these were men of faith? All of them, men of faith. They did not give up. They had faith that we will somehow take a man. And God gave them a plan. God Almighty who saw their desire put this idea in their head. And because it was something from the Lord, God's hand was with them. When they did everything, when they opened the roof, when they tied this man's cot, when somebody climbed on top of the roof, God's hand was there. There was no disorder taking place. There was no disruption to Jesus' ministry there. Nobody got hurt. God's name was glorified. That's how you know that even opening the roof was all done according to God's plan, that God's hand was there in the lives of all these people. God is speaking to your hearts at this hour. Whatever you're doing, make sure you're doing within the will of God. When you know it's the will of God, make sure you don't give up. Persevere. Keep persevering. Keep going forward. No matter what the hindrance is, don't give up. God will make a way. God will show you what you need to do. Whether you have to open the roof, whether you have to carry this man up, whatever it is in your life, however it will translate into. God will show you what you need to do. But it's important to have faith in God Almighty and never lose hope, never Give up. Never do your own thing. Never close that chapter for anything that God has not closed. If they can bring this man with such faith to Jesus, how much more should you? How much more should you for yourself and for your loved ones, whether it's spiritual healing or physical healing or whatever it is, how much more? 
you can clearly see the opposition that's there. Because every testimony will bring glory to God and Satan doesn't want that. So in order for you to get what God has, Satan will bring lots of hindrances, which is pretty normal for Satan to do. And for God's people, it is pretty normal for us to overcome those resistances and go forward. Whatever resistance Satan may put up, for God's people, people of faith, it will be pretty normal to overcome that and go forward because we have a goal. Unwavering goal meets unwavering faith. That will come in contact with the power of God that is present to hear. That is within the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So now they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish through the help of God. The man was placed before Jesus. Verse 20, when he saw their faith, what did they see? What did Jesus see? The Bible doesn't say, well, he saw their effort. Well, he saw how much they struggled. No. All those are there, but you know why? Jesus said, he saw their faith here, God's word says. Because their effort, their struggle and everything was because of their faith. Inspired by what they believed, they pushed themselves to doing what they did. Jesus saw their faith. I want to stop right here and focus on the word there. Whose faith did Jesus see? All of their faith. He saw the faith of the people who carried and he saw the faith of the man who was paralyzed. Very important. Your faith plays a key role in the healing of your loved ones and in your own healing as well. The combined faith of our church is very important. In overcoming the powers of darkness, in setting the stage for the anointing of God to be released from the servant of God who carries it. It's very important. We can either block it or we can welcome it. That's why it's very important to be clear channels when we come to the house of God. That the atmosphere is very clear. That the river of God may flow. And we don't block the channel. We don't block the flow of the Holy Spirit. He saw their faith. Every faith from every believer is very important. If you're a husband and wife, you're praying for your child. Or if you're a mother praying for your children. Or if you're a father praying for your children. It is important to express your faith before God Almighty. And do something that shows God that you believe. It's important. Now if you come to the house of God and you've received your healing. It's important to do something to, to see what God has done in your body. You're not checking yourself out of unbelief. You're checking yourself out of faith. And that's how Jenny's ring went into her finger. She believed and she put it and it went right in. Our God is a miracle working God. Once he does the miracle, we need to believe what God has done and do what we couldn't do before. Whatever we couldn't do before, we do it. That's when you're going to see the glory of God. Oh, God has healed me from this. 
So, their faith was manifested in their action by them carrying this man before Jesus. Jesus saw their faith. Write this down. Your faith must be seen. You can say, I have faith in my heart. Nobody knows my faith. God sees my faith. Nobody needs to see my faith. No. Jesus as as a human being saw their faith. Your faith must be seen. You need to talk faith, walk faith, and live out your faith. Faith has legs, faith has hands, faith has eyes, faith has mouth. Put it to use. Your faith must act out in your talking, walking, your daily life. Otherwise, it's not living faith. It's dead faith. Faith will show itself in action. Jesus must see your faith. Same thing. When you come for healing, the Spirit of God will show the servant of God who carries the anointing of God where faith is. And the healing will be targeted according to that during the services. Certain healings like the tissue or whatever it is like God releases during the Sunday services or any service is solely based on the individual's faith. There God releases the healing during those services. It's very important. So, our faith must be seen by God. And when that faith is seen by God, God reveals it to God's servants. And the anointing of God is released according to whatever God sees. So in order for God to see the faith, it's not just enough in our heart. If it's in our heart, then it will manifest itself in our actions. So we will do things before God because we believe. So when Jesus saw their faith, the Bible says here, he said to this man who was paralyzed, man, your sins are forgiven you. God is doing this on purpose. Because the people were there, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were there, so he wanted to make a point there. He wanted them to know that he is the living God on earth. So he's doing something. He says, man, your sins are forgiven, you. Because this man's sickness came as a result of sin. There are some sicknesses that will come upon people as a result of sin. And God has to forgive them. When they receive forgiveness from God, then that um, sickness will be removed from their body, from their bodies when uh, they've been prayed over by someone who has the anointing of God. But if that forgiveness is not there, if you don't repent for your sins and and you are still in sin, and if you have not repented, you can go after many or any. Um, anointed servant of God and you can go to all their meetings and go in line for all the prayers and you can be there right where the power of the Lord is present to heal and not get healed because the sickness is tied to sin but if the sickness is not tied to sin and if unbelief is there then the result is going to be the same you can go to meeting after meeting after meeting, to healing crusades and everywhere and still not get healed. 
we need to make sure that we are repented and we need to make sure that we have faith and our faith shows itself in action and that we have nothing that's hindering us, hindering the Lord from healing us. It's important to know that. So what happens here? Jesus is saying this first because this man's sickness is related to his sin. Not every sickness is from a result of sin. I have taught on this before through the Spirit of God, so I'm not going to go over it again. But just in passing, I want to mention this. There are some sicknesses that are allowed by God for the glory of God, just like Lazarus' sickness, so that people will see the power of God. Just like Job's situation, there are certain sicknesses that are allowed by God because there's a challenge that Satan has given to God and God is trusting those individuals and he has allowed that to happen so that God can try them and God can bless them all the more and their lives can become a greater blessing. And there are other sicknesses that come as a result of sin or generational curse. I should separate sin and generational curse. Sin from generational curse, I should say. So a generational curse is when you or your forefathers have committed things that are wrong towards others. And people have cursed. That's a generational curse that comes as a result of human beings cursing. Or they have done something very grievous against God and a curse that's come from God. That's another type of generational curse, but it's a curse directly from God then you have a whole generation having cancer, whole generation having accidents, premature death, and all those things. Those are diseases, but it's not stemming from one's own individual sin, but it's coming from ancestral sin. In medical terms, you call hereditary illness. The reality is generational curse but when people repent and they are prayed for it and servant of God who has the anointing of God breaks that then they can be set free from that otherwise they can be believers but they can be overcome by it then you have people's individual sin that they've done something grievous and God strikes them that when people go against God's anointed servants of God, then God strikes people with sickness. Like how God did in Moses' case when Aaron and Miriam were struck with leprosy. And they had a sickness upon their body, incurable disease upon their body, which they had to repent and the servant of God had to pray for them. And then there... They were healed from their sicknesses. And we also see in Job's case where Job had to pray for his friends and then God heard Job's prayer and he he brought healing to them. So there are many, many other scriptures that are there, but I'm just mentioning it in passing as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to and we're just going to get past this section here. And uh, also the blind man who was born blind when the Disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, is this because of his sins or his parents' sins? And Jesus said that 
this is not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This is for the glory of God. So the man was born blind because according to God's calendar, when Jesus passes by that side on such and such a date, he's going to be healed. And he's going to step into the kingdom of God and he's going to bring glory to God that God will not only heal his physical blindness, but spiritually he's going to become the child of God. So there are certain things that are ordained by God. But then there are certain things that man brings upon himself also. So there are various reasons for sickness, various reasons for suffering. Um, the human beings suffer from their own doing, from others doing, and um, and also for the glory of God. These are all separate things. We cannot mix them together. So in this man's case, his sickness was as a result of his sin. So Jesus says over here, the first thing that needs to take place is forgiveness. Only then the healing can take place. So Jesus is doing the right thing by following the right order, which was forgiving him of his sins. If Jesus is forgiving him of his sins, that means it's understood that this man has repented of his sins before God Almighty. And Jesus is speaking for God at that time, being God the Son. He's forgiving this man of his sins, giving him that assurance that his sins are forgiven. You know, the scribes and Pharisees, they began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said this, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk? So what is Jesus saying here? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to tell him and tell the man rise up and walk? What is he saying here? Jesus is asking this question. What do you think? Is it easier to just say your sins are forgiven? Absolutely. You can just tell somebody your sins are forgiven. It's easy. But can you say get up and walk and make a a paralytic, paralyzed man walk? No, that's more difficult. For Jesus says over here, that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. So for you to know that I simply didn't say your sins are forgiven, but I'm God in flesh, I'm going to show you this. And then he looked at this paralyzed man and say, and he said, get up, take your bed and go to your house. To say, get up and walk is the most difficult thing. And Jesus is doing that and showing this in front of the people that he has power to forgive sins. Now, the goal of these people were met in front of Jesus. They did their job. It's met. God's goal was met also. Where God revealed Jesus to these people as a son of God. As God in flesh over here who had power to forgive sins. None of these Pharisees, none of these Sadducees had any excuse on judgment day. To say that, well I didn't know Lord. No. Not only the amount of miracles did they see. That came through the mouth of the son of God. That he was there to not only heal but also to forgive. Even before he went on the cross, he was God who forgave sins, who healed the sick. Even before he bore 
the stripes on his back. He was the healer. And before his blood was shed, he was the forgiver. He was the very word who was there before the world began. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He sent his word and he healed them, and the word is the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament period, he was the healer. In the New Testament period, he was the healer. And in our period, continuation of the New Testament, he is our healer. Immediately, this man rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house. This is the most important phrase here. Glorifying God. Glorifying God. So what happened? When he got healed, he was glorifying God. God's goal was met. People got to understand that Jesus is the forgiver and Jesus is the healer. Message was given to them very clearly. And God set this man free from the captivity of sin and sickness. Goal accomplished for God. The man who was made in the image of God, he's set free now from his sickness, from his sin. No burden on the inside, no burden on the outside. He's free, free man. That's what God wanted him. That's what God wants for each one of you. Total freedom. Freedom on the inside and freedom on the outside. And what does that do to a person when you're free? You glorify God because you're so grateful to God. How can you not glorify Him? Then what does that do? People who see you, they all glorify God. That's the next thing that happens. And they were all amazed. And they glorified God. And were filled with fear. Filled with fear saying, We have seen strange things today. And they all came with faith. And they all saw what Jesus did. Because there was no hindrance. There's a good group of people. When this happened, they all glorified God. But you know, the other best thing that happened here, the fear of God came upon the people. They said, we've seen strange things today. That means we've seen something that we've never seen before. God forgave and God healed. Right in front of our eyes. This is what God will do for all those who have faith. And you have the conditions right. You come expecting. Those who come to him, he will never cast them away. Jesus said. And when we come to him, with expectation, with great expectation, and we come to the presence of God, looking for God Almighty to visit us, he will visit us, even if it takes time. Even if we have to climb to the top of the roof, even if we have to open the roof, we have to be people who will be goal-oriented, never change our goals for anything, as long as we know this is God's goal for me. I will not take a step back. I will not let the enemy push me out of my line. I will not let the enemy send me back home. I will not let the enemies. Tell me that it's tomorrow. That's another lie of the enemy. He's not going to say no, because he knows that if he directly says no, then he can't trick you. So he'll say, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. 
Maybe next year. Maybe not now. Maybe God's will is later. We have to be people of the now. If God says tomorrow, that's fine. But every day, make it the day. Let God decide when. You don't. You don't move the goal. You don't move the goal. No matter what happens, no matter how many hindrances are placed before you, you don't move the goal. Keep it right in front of you and believe God with all your heart and see what God will do for you in this year. Shall we pray? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your word. You are so true. Excellent in working. Mighty to deliver. You are our Lord and our God. We thank you, Lord. Our wonder-working, wondrous God. We thank you, Lord, for your wondrous love. As deep calleth unto the deep, you're calling us for a deeper walk, to a deeper level of faith, unshakable, unwavering, no matter how things may appear. We're not going to move our goal. No matter how difficult things may appear, we're not going to back down. We're not going to back out of our goals. We're going to press in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No matter what happens, no matter how many hindrances the enemy may bring, we must be people who persevere because of faith. Let Jesus see your faith. Let Jesus see your faith. Let Jesus see your faith. When he sees your faith, he'll heal you. Let Jesus see your faith. Thank you, Jesus. Let your faith be much bigger than the hindrance that Satan brings before you. Let your faith, let your faith easily knock out the hindrances. Let your faith overcome the hindrances. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 They had faith to bring him to the venue, to the location where Jesus was. They had greater faith. They saw the hindrance to even take him to the roof and to let him down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray that you will continue to bless your people, Lord. 
I know that you have spoken to them. Your word came down from heaven today. From the mouth of God to the ears of your people. From the mouth of God to the ears of your people. Your word has fallen. Let it sink deep into their spirits, O Father. Let it bring forth much fruit. I come against all the forces of darkness and every demonic spirit that wars against the spirits, bodies, and minds of your children. I bind them in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. May their faith grow. May their faith be just like the faith of these men. That whatever they are looking to you for may be accomplished by Jesus seeing their faith. Thank you, Father. With this blessing, O Lord, I bless them with as your servant standing in the presence of God. Before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people with this blessing, O Lord, that they may set a goal that is given by God in front of them and persevere in prayer by taking themselves and their loved ones to Jesus, overcoming every obstacle, no matter what negative news they may hear, no what negative sight they may see, no matter what it is, no matter what it may be, may they be just like these men who would persevere and express to God Almighty their faith and thereby receive their miracles, O God. Thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. A few of you, if the Lord has spoken to you, you can go ahead and pray. Commit yourself to this kind of faith. In persevering, in having a goal, setting your eyes on that goal, not giving in to discouragement, but causing your faith to knock off those discouragements, those hindrances. Having that bold faith, having that strong faith. As the Bible says of Abraham, he was not weak in faith. Having that brave faith, having God's faith to overcome every hindrance. You never move the goal, but you move the hindrance and achieve the goal that God has for you, for yourself and for your loved ones. So just go ahead and pray for a few minutes. Few of you can pray, and after that I pronounce a benediction.